Welcome to the second viewing, where we watch things twice so you can listen once. I'm Kyle. I'm Dan. And welcome back to the second viewing podcast, everybody. This is episode 33, I do believe, of the second viewing podcast. Getting up there uh, these days. Exactly. And if you're a a new listener out there, um, this show essentially is a show where we like to take a look at a film we've already seen before, talk about our initial thoughts on it, take a break, and then come back and talk about if the film holds up on a second time, what was worse, what was better, is it worth a watch, is what essentially we're trying to get down to. And this week, the film of choice is the 2016 film Passengers, you know, starring good old Chris Pratt and um, Jennifer Lawrence. Now, before we get into that, uh, one thing we like to do on the podcast here is kind of talk about what we've been doing uh, in the past couple weeks, because the podcast here comes out every second week on the Fridays here, while our off-the-cuff segments come out every Monday. So sometimes some, it feels like a lot of time passes. It feels like we do, a lot happens. It does, yeah. A lot does happen. I mean, since the last time we did a podcast. Well, which what was our last podcast? The nice it was, we haven't done the nice guys yet. Oh. <laughs> uh, Shit, spoilers. Nice. <laughs> uh, Dogtooth was the last one, of course. Dogtooth. So you guys can peep Gap. game on that one if you haven't seen it yet. And I'm just going to check. I think I might have been wrong about the number of this episode. Uh... This is actually episode 34, not 34. My bad, everyone. Dog to the Garst was our last one. We had our friend Gavin from Gavin's Things uh, on the second half of the show there. One of his favorite films. But, 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 but. This, to get back on track for this week's episode. Yeah. Daniel, what have, what have you been watching lately? Well, um, as far as things I've been watching, I guess some random TV shows and movies. Usually I like to put something on before bed. Um the most recent one I can think of is The Great Wall with Matt Damon, which you brought to my uh, brought to my attention as the first collaborative American and Chinese made film. It or might something not be the first. Beautiful uh, breaker noise coming there. <laughs> a little loving that. Uh, I don't know if that'll pick up or not, but I was into it. Yeah, uh, into it I don't know if it's the first uh, Chinese American co-production, but I, I'm. It's. It holds a record for like the most expensive one, and like it, it, it has a lot of prestige oh, okay. to it. I think it's the first, but now right. that I think about that, that might not be right. But I know it's like there's a there's an important connection between the two countries collaborating. Right, and so, anyways, that is a is is a not good movie in my opinion. Um, it looks and, great. And well, we well the thing is is like it's the Matt Damon tries to do this different accent that isn't him, and he tries to. Like, it's an action movie, and you see him kicking ass, which he's very used to, but also, I don't know, it's like, it's like Matt Damon went to China, you know? It's exactly what it feels like, and it's... Is Matt Damon starting to look old to you at all? I feel like he's starting to look a little old to me. He's he's, he's, he's starting to get pudgier. But I mean, in terms of, like, an action star, does he still, like, pull off... They still pull it off. I don't know. In Born, I think he was still a good action star. I never saw the new, the latest one. He's still like kicking right. it. So well, he's still kicking ass. I'm not going to say that's a better movie than the others, but he's still kicking ass. I think he's in terms doing, of like doing things. current day though. Yeah. Okay, okay. I think he's pretty good so far. Like he can hold it for for a few more years. Yeah. Yeah, you know Matt Damon. Like he's not. I mean, if Tom Cruise can still do it, Matt Damon can still do it. Hundred percent. Shout out to Tom Cruise. Love, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Love ourselves some Tom Cruise. Now, what else have I have I been watching? I mentioned TV. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine's new season just started, so I've been catching a couple episodes casually of that here and there. And of course, I'm keeping up with Silicon Valley as as they're released. Right. So great show, fucking great show. It is a great show. Yeah, absolutely. And they just announced that T.J. Miller will be leaving the show. Laws. Laws rip, bro. <laughs> Freaking rip. <laughs> That's interesting, right? I mean, like, I haven't seen any of the new season yet, so I don't know if that's, like... But he carries a lot of dynamics of the show. Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, up to what I've seen, of course, like, 
the episodes before the latest season. He's a he's a key player in the show, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you're going to be missing T.J. Miller once he bails from Silicon Valley, he claims it was a mutual thing. Who knows what the full story is, but I'm sure it was. Um, if you're going to be missing yourself some T.J. Miller, tune in to the new big banger. I think you're talking the- about the one, the only. The Emoji Movie. Poop, smiles, all that kind of joke. In all fairness, Silicon Valley might still be on while the Emoji, comes out, emoji Movie comes out. So oh, yeah, true. In any case, you'll be getting a double dose of TJ <laughs> Oh, stay tuned. So that's nice. Yeah, it's weird to say because we were kind of like, we both liked the guy quite a bit, but even looking back, and I'm, I don't have his IMDb up right now. I'm sure he's in a lot more than we realize. But just looking back at it, it seems like he's a, in a lot more than he is in a way. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, for for whatever reason, he, uh, I don't know, I, I seem to think he's in more than he actually is when you go and look yeah, at it. Because right. I, I have looked at it semi-recently. I feel like he'll be in a lot more. Like I feel like since Silicon Valley and Deadpool, he's like the new comic relief dude. Yeah. You know? He's been in shit before, obviously, but, you know. People dig. People dig him. I get that. Um, anything else you saw you want to mention? Um, no, note, I guess. Uh, nothing really worth mentioning. It's been very casual watching for me lately. That's so, cool. What about you? I've seen a lot of shit actually, since I think we last did Dogtooth. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen quite a few really good films actually. Um, I saw I Daniel Blake, which won the Palm door last year at Cannes. Which one is that about? I Daniel Blake is about this guy named Daniel. Daniel Blake, <laughs> who, uh, no, no he's way. just like an older dude in like his like sixties. I'm pretty sure he says his age in the film, but I can't remember off the top of my head mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a widow and he's, uh, hurt himself. So he sh- can't go back to work yet, but you know, he doesn't have a lot of money, so he needs to work to pay for his bills. So it's a pretty simple situation he's in, relatively speaking. He just needs to go on some sort of like a you know, benefit plan or something. But yeah. the British, it's basically a commentary on the current like British uh, system of uh, like uh, you know workers' comp and uh, right. uh, you know like disability. Disability. That's what I'm trying. To, that's what I'm trying to find. Yeah. The, those kind of services and how since he doesn't know how to use a computer, he's fucked basically because everything's like oh fill the form online, and the guy just like is getting like bent over all these di- in all these different directions on like how to just fill out these basic information, and he basically ends up finding out that so, the English system is so convoluted. That it's so hard to win that if sometimes he right. So he's like he's an honest, hardworking dude. Never hurt anybody in his life, but he he just gets fucked by the system. Wait, basically. so is it like almost a document documentary? Um, like, it's not a document. It's not a documentary, but it feels very documentary because it, it okay. has a really realistic tone and look to it, and you know follows this guy's life. And um, it's not a documentary at all, but it's it's heart wrenching because it feels so real. Like you could, okay. you could just totally see that happening to maybe like our fathers or something, or like yeah. you know someone of a different generation that doesn't know what the fuck or how to handle themselves in this kind of situation. And right. yeah, it's it's a heart wrenching uh, movie only because it's so real. Like it really shows like a different kind of poverty, you know, in, right. in a sense. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a great film. Um, There's a very there's some odd like choices in terms of how the film is presented, like some really weird editing things that kind of bug me more than they maybe should have. Yeah. But in terms of a story and you know, uh, 
performances. It's, it's a really good film. I, I highly recommend that. And maybe the only other one I can I can note and try not to ramble on too much about is Perfect Blue, which is a 1997 anime film. Oh that, yeah, you were telling me about. This like one. honestly, this movie blew my fucking mind. Like it's it's one of those films. If you ever read like some shitty ten best anime movies, you got to watch before you die. It's always yeah. on there. It's like number <laughs> like six or five. I don't know. I, I've seen enough of those just to not care, you know. Most books, yeah. I'm like, oh, what's number one and two? Those, yeah, those <laughs> top ten lists. You yeah. know, and um, I don't. I, I mean, got, I gave it a pretty generous uh, score. On well, the I'll old, get to uh, that a little letterbox. briefly here. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm an anime fan, but you know, I don't watch a lot of anime. You know, I guess like yeah. just in my day to day, I feel like I watch a lot more than I was younger, maybe, and I'm kind of catching up every now and then on recommendations or what's hot that kind of stuff yeah uh, but perfect blue is a fucking brilliant film like just fantastic direction like i've n- never seen r- such uh well executed direction in an animated film like i mean i guess people would probably say that about like ghibli stuff like how miyazaki is a great director yeah uh aside from being a great illustrator or a great you know uh writer mm-hmm. but uh i'm gonna bring up the guy's name because i know he's passed away but i, I really do want to mention it uh, who directed this fucking movie? It's got a really cool cover too, actually. It's I think very I, fitting. Satoshi Kon, yeah, Satoshi Kon. He also did that other movie. I think it's called, uh, yeah, pap- Paprika, Paprika. Oh, like Paprika. Yeah, yeah, like sure, Paprika. Spice or like the spice, perhaps. I think it's a lady's name in the movie. Oh, okay. And then also, I've heard. I did actually even realize right now that he also directed Tokyo Godfathers, which I've also heard is like really really good movie oh sure so this guy's kind of been killing it so he's been killing it yeah like i said he has passed away 2010 seven years ago now but you know his body of work is like literally some of the greatest animated films ever and perfect blue is no exception this is a film that it almost feels like nolan-esque it has this very uh non-linear way of storytelling and it a lot of it is confusing and like during the middle section of the film i was like you know this is a really well presented movie but it's just really sloppy writing i felt or yeah. sloppy like uh, directing even i guess but fuck was i wrong by the end of the film everything that happened was for a, like an intentional purpose and it honestly blew my mind at the end of it i was like this That's... i don't i don't want to give too much away because it is like a it's a classic spoiler film like it, there's it's a right. it's a plot about a girl who is like a she's a pop idol a j-pop idol right and she's asked by her management to become an actress instead and in doing so she kind of loses herself in the fame of being an actress and fame in general and touches on some interesting topics that for 1997 were still relevant but harken even true now i think or even more so now so really it's really interesting um yeah, I couldn't record it anymore. Daniel brought up my review on or my rating on Letterbox. I gave it a five out of five with a heart. That's the high. That's I mean that's that's pretty much as high as you can go. My my DVD copy came in the mail yesterday. I was pretty happy about it. Oh, so yeah. I mean this is this is the only movie in the history of my life that I emailed uh, Criterion Collection to make a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release for this to make a recommendation yeah, for it. Yeah, because I I just I felt so inclined after making this. So I, I recommend it to anyone. Perfect Blue. That's big. Has Criterion ever printed like or has have they ever made? Uh, anime they've before? not like an anime they've printed a couple like uh like uh american animated films i think uh not without counting stop motion because i think a fantastic mr fox is on oh, okay. criterion and another one called watership down which is a pretty famous like it's one of those animated films that looks like it's for kids because it's animated but it's like super gr- grim and dark and gruesome oh, okay it's made in like the 70s it's really surreal and very frightening actually 
There might be one other one, but no, they don't do that at all very often. Right. So it would, and I mean, hell, this is a, in my, in my honest opinion, it's a bit of an art film, so it wouldn't surprise me if Criterion were to, in fact, when I even looked up Perfect Blue Criterion Collection, people had already had like fan art made of it, like fan right. covers, like I'm not yeah, the yeah. only one who made it, made it, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's made a suggestion, but I think the issue is with a lot of these like overseas productions, a lot of weird like licensing issues might come into agree, so right. you might just never see it unfortunately, or maybe not for years, I don't know, right. nonetheless though, uh, it's online, you guys can find it somewhere, DVD copies, uh, legit ones are very expensive, I got like a bootleg one from Greece. I got a package in the mail from Athens, Greece the other day. That was fun. But um, no, if you can seek this film out, I'd highly do it. I might put it in the show notes at the end. But anyways, shall we get into the film at hand here? I think it's time time to dive in. Maybe a little bit of a plot synopsis. Well, before we even get into that, I want I wanted to bring up that you you really wanted to do this movie. Yes. Yeah. Not, and I'm gonna just like, explain why I guess because yeah, I'm still so, kind of curious. So I wanted to do this movie because I felt that. Parts of it were so cool that I wanted it to be good, and in wanting it to be good, I like sought out reasons, like sought out how it could be good. So I started asking, like, you know, what the fuck would make this film better? And I started thinking about, yeah, I think the casting would have to change. Though I think Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt are good together for the most part, but in this movie, I don't think so. Like, I could see them being cast together in other roles, but for this movie, I don't think I really dug it and i think almost they should have taken well there's there's a couple of different things that i wish they would have changed but anyways i thought it was it would be a cool thing to discuss you know what made this movie kind of flop and be unsuccessful apart from the marketing aspect of it like what made it not a really notable good movie and what could have made it better well and that's kind of what i wanted to talk about okay for whatever reason the topic the setting just kind of hit with me and i was like oh this fucking could be really sweet but instead it's fucking shitty (laughs) all right well well brief synopsis i was curious about that and you kind of mentioned that to me personally off air there but uh passengers 2016 american science fiction film directed by morton ty tidelum I'm pronouncing the last name wrong, but he directed the Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch a couple oh, years yeah. back. It's probably what I would say a large majority of people would know him from. Um, and the film essentially features uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Chris Pratt as passengers on a spaceship in which they've awakened from a hibernation. Now, as I mentioned, this first half we're going to try and be spoiler-free. Yeah. So I don't want to really give away any too pl- any crazy plot points here nothing that you wouldn't know otherwise from the trailer from the, or the trailer poster yeah. or whatever like that's that. kind of our rule of thumb if it's in the trailer it's kind of free game for us yeah although that's becoming more and more a free game as time goes on yeah starting... but that's another topic <laughs> but they basically yeah they wake up early from hibernation right, before so yeah. they get to where they're supposed to go yeah and so it's them dealing with that because the destination is going to take a very very long amount of time over over their lifetime essentially so them awake being awake means they've kind of sealed their fate in a sense right they'll never get to go where unless they find a way to get back into hibernation and um you know that it you know that expands within the runtime of the film and anyways i don't know if we should really get because a lot of it is plot heavy and i don't know i'm kind of terrible at saying plot points without uh yeah without giving away spoilers like i do want to bring up that uh, so, w- w- someone who plays a, a a main role in this movie is one of the the robot or they call him an android bartender that's on on the ship or right, on the, yeah, yeah. the spaceship. Uh, so he ends up becoming like the the comedy relief. Basically. He's the comedy relief. Yeah, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Uh, he's 
actually pretty good in this movie. He's probably probably my favorite part of the movie, I guess. Yeah, he is my favorite part of the movie for um, sure. But at the same time, it's 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 very um, it's it's nothing really to write home about. No, and I don't think anyone's performance really is, which is. I need to say this, sad. like, just straight out that Jennifer Lawrence is fucking terrible in this yeah, movie. She's she's not great. Not th- great might be it. You're being nice. You're being. <laughs> I'm nice. being nice. Yeah, yeah. She's so bad when she like is freaking out and she's like, "Where's my pod? I can't find my pod." <gasps> I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> it's overacting to an extreme, uh, extreme height. It's 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 a little. I know you were talking earlier about how you thought uh, you thought like things that were that were wrong that it kind of could have been better and that they were okay in the film. I, you know, I actually or you didn't like them in the film, but I kind of think in theory they're good casting. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. In theory I just think too. their performances are terrible, yeah. and I don't know if that comes. I'm, I'm it's hard to say though because Morton Tildum is a is a good director. He's proven himself to be a good director. I think a lot of this is coming down to the script because uh, I did a little bit of recon on this movie. And the script yeah. was originally like uh, pitched and presented to a lot of studios in 2009 and was rewritten several times and flipped, flopped over and over for seven years. It was in pre-production with Keanu Reeves and Rachel McAdams before. Oh, shit. And then it switched to these guys. So, I mean, this movie honestly kind of felt dead on arrival to me in a way. Like, it was just... yeah. It was it was a fucking shit show to to begin with. I mean, it's the kind of thing to me where the the scope of the film is so fucking huge. It's such a huge, it's a huge high concept film, and I I mean I like to think a lot of sci-fi's are like that. But when you're gonna make a good sci-fi film, you don't make it about the science. You make it about the fiction. Yeah. So you have this you have this uh el- these elements of uh you know futuristic materials or you know. Uh, alternative technology and things that are out of our reach out of our uh, yeah because you know, it makes people go wow and wonder yeah, and amazement so, and, so you have yeah. these elements that you're working with and you know if it doesn't exist it's going to be very hard to be relatable towards mm-hmm. so you have to you have to basically bring some sort of a philosophy or different meaning or a message behind the film and this is reigns true from a lot of great science fiction all the way from 2001 a space odyssey to arrival from that came out last year you know where yeah of course it's science fiction and there's aliens and there's space but at the end of the day it's about the people and it's about what's happening in that setting and this film shits the bed on that because it tries so hard to you know hug the ideas in it the, the science in it and this kind of to its credit, amazing set design, but uh, in doing so, lets these characters become just like these empty vessels that just feel yeah. so lifeless to me. And they, I couldn't get behind almost anything. It feels like, in a way, they force themselves to make the decision. It's like none of the decisions that they make are because they actually want to. It's because it's kind of what they think is going to be their... That, that's how I feel about their performances. It's like they're characters that come across as doing the right thing because they think it's the right thing, but they don't really want to. So it's kind of like when your mom asks you to wash the dishes and you go, yeah, I'll wash the dishes, but you ain't fucking stoked about it. It's funny, though, because they try... They, yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I totally agree with you, but yeah, I think the film tries to like make you think otherwise where it's like they're having these internal dilemmas, but in yeah. the end, they don't do anything that surprising. It's yeah. all very by the numbers in a way. And this movie is just like a great example. Oh, actually, this is kind of a spoiler. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave that out. Okay. But it's very Beauty and the Beast. I'll put it that way. Right. So it's it's kind of... It, tie, it doesn't tie it. It doesn't leave... It doesn't have an emotional sort of 
finish. It, it leaves so much emotion out of it. Like at first, you're kind of like, oh, I get it from this character. And I'm, I'm understanding this character. And then after that, it's like, okay. Now everyone just seems to be fucking hanging out. It's like it's like a Seinfeld episode in a sci-fi movie. Well, it, it's it's weird, right? Because there's this is the kind of film that almost should have been a horror movie, where it's right. like you want that tension. Even if it, was, it probably would have been a bad horror movie, to be honest, I don't know. But I think it at least would have felt a bit more warranted because right. nothing kind of like, nothing happens in a way for a good portion of this film. And not that that necessarily is a bad thing because in a in a sense it was there for the plot. I got it, I guess. But it still felt like nothing had any motivation. It was just, you know, they're going on dates and shit, and like it, it just felt like a whole like hokey kind of a rom-com setting that was far out of its reach yeah it, and it was it's, and you're saying there was no emotion at the end which again i agree with but they tried to have emotion oh yeah they Th- wanted that's, you that's, to feel something it's almost that almost makes it worse right well yeah it's like you're trying to just force it in her fucking mouths and i'm not chewing like yeah. i'm not into what's going on here like it, yeah by the time by the end of this film i was like this uh is the most forgettable thing i'm gonna watch in a very long time right and i will I th- remember baywatch before i remember passengers <laughs> I stand well, by that. Why I because th- I think I think the set design is so cool and it like fucking you know it makes me excited to think about you know something new in sci-fi where we're seeing like a lot of alien remakes and like you're seeing that you're seeing well, some similar really things. This is nothing very very new. If anything, the story is new. Yeah, this the story the is it, new in a design, sci-fi setting. The set design is, is cool. Of, but it all—it's not really that groundbreaking. But just the idea of the movie—I I think I kind of di- dug that, and so I—I I wanted it to be good. And feeling shitty about it after watching it, I was kind of like, "Fuck, I got questions. And why is this? You know, why was it this way? And how come it didn't work? And what did it come down to? And what could make it?" better and i think if we changed up a couple of different things we could make it better like if we made it more from the perspective of one of these characters then it could be a cool story well i, I don't know it, it's it's just the film from a perspective of a first-time viewer anyone viewing this it feels so oh far removed from either characters and i guess i guess in my mind it's like these this film just lacks so much emotion and so much heart that it would need to really be full of heart and full of emotion and have these two characters connect and fall in love and really have a story that makes sense and that feels yeah. warranted. I don't know if one character having that point of view would be better than the other. I can't, I can't necessarily speak on that because I think, I think you could probably make both scenarios all right. But like I said, it, it's just such a... The direction they took it is such a grand idea. You need to, even though you have this huge yeah, they ship, needed a, and a lot of it's revealed by the end of the movie. Like uh, they I'll get into that in a second. Like, well, yeah, the reason they have the, I mean, they have this 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 huge ship and it's fucking space. Literally the biggest body you could put a film in. Yeah, it's like you need to make the movie still feel coherent, he's concise, and together. And yeah. it's like. Um, I say this all the fucking time. I love when the ship becomes a character in itself. I did not feel that way in this film because I was never familiar with many aspects of the sh- of the of the ship. Because well, even they f- when they were in the similar spots, different angles made me think that it was a different part of the ship. Yeah, and I'm like yeah, oh, well, now they're in the pool. I'm like, okay, whatever. And that, I want to bring that up too. Is the fucking pool like in the tra- that's the huge part of the trailer that like fucking Jennifer Lawrence is taking a swim and gravity. Uh, falls out and she's stuck in the pool and it's like it's this heart fucking wrenching moment but we don't see the pool up until the moment where that scene occurs and the scene is like about as long as the fucking trailer well they do they do show the pool like two times before that so we're familiar with the pool yeah 
But even then, the scene you're talking about lacks all the excitement from even what I felt in the trailer. Because that's another thing I'll mention. The sound design of this movie is terrible. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> it's like, it's n there's no enticing mo moments about it. And maybe because I was kind of hoping to have a bit of a thriller aspect. But it doesn't even need to be a thriller to feel... Um, uh, having a sense of danger or, you know, what's going to come next. Right, I think right. those elements can be in any film, and in a film of this nature, I was really needing that because I felt like there was really no stakes until the end, to a degree, but at that point, I kind of could fucking care less. Sure. And it, it, nothing felt warranted to me, and all in all, I had a fucking terrible time with Passengers. <laughs> but, but you know, and, and honestly, when I first saw this trailer, I was like, hey, that movie looks all right, doesn't look great, maybe I'll watch it one day. Right. And, you know... Uh, well, uh, yeah, and I think at that point, we started seeing all these fucking shitty reviews coming out yeah, where we were like, uh, we could see it going that way, and we didn't see it until much later. Whenever I hear negative review, I always just think it's much more negative than it is, to be honest. Right. So my mind was like, oh, I look kind of lame, it's probably kind of lame, but it might have good moments. I try to be right. as optimistic as I can be, unless yeah. it's something I know is just some bullshit. Like, right. I don't know any Adam Sandler movie most most of the time, but well, like when someone gives suicide a hundred percent. Fuck, that's bullshit. Also, that's shout bullshit. out to our boys at uh, the Stockholm Cinema Podcast. We oh, never yeah. shouted them out like weeks and weeks ago, but uh, we were on their Funny People episode. Yeah. So peep sure. game on that. That'll it, I'll link that in the show notes as well because we did a Funny People episode like a couple. Oh, fuck, that was like a year ago now, basically. That was like episode like eleven. Yeah, or something that was like that. a long time ago. That was fucking season one. So we went on their show a couple weeks ago to uh, basically re-review the movie in a sense with them, and uh, I'll link down the show notes yeah. below because uh, you guys should really check it out. It, yeah, it was a good time actually. We had lots of fun doing it. They it should was... be putting out part two just after, just before we put this episode out. So that might actually kind of coincide pretty well. Yeah. Bit of an aside, but um, we're running out of time here, so maybe should we? Uh, I think we yeah we should probably wrap it we'll up. Cap it. And I think. You know, I'm going to pay attention for, like you said, those connecting moments and I'm going to pay attention for, you know, well, the fact that we don't see all the aspects of the ship. I, I, and I want to, I kind of want to really note where this movie went wrong and I want to pick points out of the movie uh, where I can, I can where tell you right now, but, uh, wrong. well, I think we should save all that discussion for the second half. Cause I have, a, I think I've got a lot of thoughts on that. I will, I will uh, take your advice and try my very best to see how this film could have been well made or how it could have went correct. Cause I mean, I'm going to say now I think it just, the script is terrible. And if it was a, almost an entirely different script, it might've been an okay movie, but I will look for it and I'll even conspire some ideas that uh, we can think about together or I'll think about on my own or something that could make this film better. Um, that's all I'm really going to be looking for in this. Um, I will, I'll say it right now, I'll be very surprised. It'll be a second viewing first if this film is, I think, a great or passable film after watching it again. Because right. it honestly put me in a bad mood. This was like the circle <laughs> all over again. Oh um, Jennifer Lawrence, I need to say one more time, is very bad. So I'm going to see if maybe she's not as bad as I remembered. Like, right. Like, I'm going to give her, I'll give her a second go. I mean, I, the, right. show, the show, we give everyone a second go, so I'll give it another go. And, um, right. well, that's a good we'll, point to we'll leave it. There. So we'll see you guys um, after, after the break. watch the second half. And we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of the podcast here. As you may or may not know, in the second half here, we talk about the film of the week 
you know, in its in its second viewing context, what was better, what was worse, uh, you know, basically we were looking for certain things the first time around that we wanted to look for on the second viewing, um, and maybe theorize some ideas for this film uh, in terms of what could have uh, made it a better film, or even if it needs to be a better film. I'll talk all about that right here, and uh, just a forewarning uh, from this point on, spoilers, all that kind of stuff, so if you haven't seen Passengers yet, go uh, peep game on it, or if you don't care, just fucking keep listening. Absolutely. Daniel, so give me give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on passengers the second time around. Well, first of all, I gotta mention that they, we totally see the pool. We see the fucking pool so much. Pools around a bit. The pool is like the most. That's like home. Like we see the pool more than we see Chris Pratt's room. Yeah, and like, what room does he really have? I don't really. I kind of lost track of that. So he starts in a shitty suite, and then he. Arnold or whatever the bartender tells him to to live a little and he upgrades himself mm. to a big boy suite. What a risky man. Crazy guy. Um, you know, Crazy it's funny guy. to me because I, I I think I may have mentioned this the first half just how I never really had a good sense of what was going on in the ship like or, or in terms of like spatial areas like where everything was or where they were a lot of the time and that still honestly reigns true for me a little bit with the room. It might be a little bit more uh, the room he's staying in it might be a bit more uh, yeah. detailed than I'm talking about but I don't know, there's a certain well, scene where he's floating in his room and it just doesn't even feel like it's raining true to what I first saw his room to be. It's true, yeah, because yeah. the first time we see his room, we see it from a totally different angle. Right, and, and is then, that the same room where he's like, there's like garbage everywhere and shit like that? I think it's the same room. Even that looks different room. to me. Of course, there's got to be different angles and different like you know points of view of the same room. In fact, it probably is, but in terms of telling a story or making yourself familiar with what's going on, does not do a good job of that. Yeah, and... When, and actually, there's a few different ways that you get a sense of that because I didn't, I had no idea that when they go out in their spacesuits, like to the outside of the ship for right. like the casual viewing or whatever, I didn't realize that you had to walk through all the pods where all the humans were yeah, yeah, sleeping yeah, yeah. to get there the first time around. I thought it was totally uh, somewhere totally different. I don't know. Like, I, I can't. I can't really say much more honestly about this movie than I think uh, in terms of nitpicking. I think I, I think I was a bit nitpicking the first time around because I was just kind of pissed off about it. But when it comes down to this movie for me, it's it feels like um, it's, a, it's a combination of different things that make it fucking. Well, horrible. yeah, you're right. There's a lot of things that make it that make it not work. I, I think I mentioned this as well that I just thought the the script was just fucking terrible, and that it just it came down to really really bad writing, and that this idea was just way too large to really um, handle properly in the way they were going to do it. So um, that's made me that's made me think about some ideas on how this movie could work better. Well, we talked about some during, like we talked about, and we'd mentioned one on the first half of the cast, which was you, c- you could have it the entire movie from one of their perspectives, or you could have it, uh, you, could, you could make it seem as though both of them are waking up for the first time and and hide the fact that... Right, yeah, yeah. This would be the... That, I think what you're going to say right now is probably the best one, to be honest. Yeah, the, and that would be more of the horror movie thing. Well, so, even not even a horror movie exactly. I think... Like a thriller more, to some More degree. of a thriller, and I think, I think what... Uh, we never mentioned this, but essentially what happens in this film is Chris Pratt's character wakes up Jennifer Lawrence's character from sleep. Yes. And yeah. in doing so... He's kind of sealed her fate because she's awake and can't get back into her hibernation pod to sleep again. So she's going to be awake in this ship for the rest of her life, basically. Yeah, while it's traveling for the next 90 years. Yeah, and so she has no way of, you know, 
she doesn't, doesn't have a choice in the matter, which is the more interesting thing about the film that maybe could have made it interesting because, like you were saying, it would have been a far more uh, entertaining film in terms of structure if she were just to wake up with Chris Pratt in terms of what the the audience is being shown. Yes, and when we're yeah. first introduced to both of them, they're maybe both like learning things about the ship and maybe it takes a day or two for them even to notice each other. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, what could perspire later on is yeah, they become close. Maybe they do fall in love just like they do in the, the actual cut of the film. I don't know yeah. whether that happens or not. Fair enough. And then at the end, it, it, near the end of the film, it, the climax of the film, you find out that Chris Pratt woke her up all along and it, it's this big reveal. It, it honestly Wait. feels to me like that might have been like the original version of the script, but this was just like a jumbled around. far out yeah. version of it. Now, I also think that if they wanted to go purely love story with this, they could have quite simply had the characters wake up at the same time from the same malfunction or yeah. a week apart or something and told the story of how they're going to manage to l- learn and love together. Maybe uh, she has a husband who's asleep on the on the ship too. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you go about that. I do, I do think that him, you know, waking her up is like the biggest aspect of the film in that she still learns, she still wants to be with him despite that fact. And yeah. we see her and him, uh, you know, fall in love with each other while the audience knows that he's done this. So it's kind of, it's a, it's an okay concept, I suppose, but just the way it's presented is, is terrible, honestly. Like, it feels so forced and, un, and not, it feels disingenuous in a lot of ways. And honestly, this movie is just basically Stockholm Syndrome, the film, because she stays in this fucking spaceship with him and just, even though she hates him, and rightfully should, the guy's fucking nuts, she just falls in love with him. And even after she finds out, she falls in love with him. And for really no reason, I mean, sure, they do everything everything together every day, so... Well, I guess how I see it is like, okay, so she... Hated him for waking her up, but she must have had some kind of sympathy for him being alone, which is kind of shown, but not really explained. And then when he potentially goes out of his way and sacrifices his life to save the people on the ship, mind you, that included him. So, But either way, he potentially sacrifices himself to vent the engine so it could cool itself off to not blow up and to save the people on board. But honestly, even at that point, you are still a fucking psychopath. I'm sorry. Like, sh- I don't. He, he's trying to redeem himself for something that is borderline unforgivable, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. So, I it don't know. It shouldn't be forgivable. But, you know, I want to get so back. so quickly, at least, though. Right. right? It, feels so, it feels so unnatural in the film. But I do kind of want to get back to some things that, some ways this story could have been told better. Um, which is maybe something we should discuss about other movies that we dis- dislike too, perhaps. If, I don't know if briefly. I have any good ones. To be honest, this movie felt so lifeless to me. <laughs> I was like, this is one of those movies that just feels like it, it w- tried to go for such a large idea and just fucking fell so short of it. I mean, we're, we're literally digging at the bottom of the barrel to make this, make this movie a better idea, a, be- a better film. We're thinking of all these different aspects, and we're essentially grabbing ideas from other films, you know, trying to yeah. insert, well, insert ideas that were interesting and, you know, uh, prolonged uh, entertaining plot that could be inserted into this. And I think the only, way we f- only reason we're really thinking that is because this movie is so by the numbers that it's like, okay, well, it can be by the numbers, but it could at least uh, do it well. You know, right. I think that's fine in a lot of films. Some films are just, are what they are. They're not trying to blow someone's fucking mind. And it, it's yeah. just an okay, it's a competent film. Um, you know, 
I would say Fast and the Furious. You know, it's a terrible movie, but for it does what it wants to do really well. So I'm fine with that. Uh, but Passengers, it tries so hard to be like a space epic, but epic is like the last thing I would describe this movie as. It's true. This and movie's a bore. Half an hour in, when she woke up at when she wakes up from him waking her up, I was like, fuck, we have an hour and a half of them like jacking each other off for the next like little bit. This is so boring. <laughs> I, I, I was literally laying down playing with this fucking fidget spinner most of the movie. Like, <laughs> There's like, okay, <sighs> something that I didn't notice the first time around, or maybe I did, but didn't feel as strongly about it until the second viewing was um, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's great in this his, movie. Yeah, his performance almost absolutely without a doubt instantaneously captivates you i don't know if it's you're just sick of uh, jennifer lawrence and chris pratt at this point or if his performance is just that much better well yeah he he gives a far better performance but even that being said what he's given is not much to work with the first scene he's in yeah is really great and you're kind of uh you feel like a sense of uh you know relief in a way yeah. But then honestly, I'll be honest, like the next the next scene, it's like, okay, this makes no sense. And this is really the pacing of this movie's fucking all over the place right now. We just it's spent true. the first hour and a half saying how they were the only two and dealing with the fact that he woke her up. And now one guy woke up out of nowhere and they seem to just kind of be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, fuck, come on. That's so lazy. So yeah. fucking lazy. It is That's really even lazy. lazier to me the second time, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like the first time around, I, I was more so what you're thinking right now. Like, oh, shit, well... Fishborn's here and it kind of it adds an element to the story and you know well, it's it, like even if it is fucking shoehorned in slammed in it's still like his performance outshines the other characters in the movie and you kind of go well it's exciting for a sec but actually in comparison it's like I don't want him to go now I don't want him to well, fucking and yeah, die yeah that's the thing and he's a, he's a complete MacGuffin he's literally there just to f- fulfill one single purpose and it, yeah. he's just there to prolong the plot and and basically give a couple of answers that really we don't need to shitload of answers to and the and the captain's key like the answers we don't need are that something's wrong with the ship like chris pratt you've been on the fucking ship for so long dude elevators crashing people waking up or like or him waking up fucking uh lights turning on and off all this kind of shit like uh, something's wrong with the ship dude are you an idiot you just (laughs) you spend a a bunch of time forging an Eiffel Tower out of shards of metal for your girl and reprogramming robots to do little gags and like fucking does the guy not seem kind of pathetic and creepy to you he He, really well he does yeah he is fucking creepy it's really weird and like I'll say I noticed that more the second time for sure I was like this guy's you're right you snuck into her room and put a fucking like homemade sculpture she was like I'm cute oh that's so cute I've only known him for a week but it's very cute so strange I mean I guess you could you could say in defense of it, well, you don't know what it's like if you were on that ship. Fair enough, but I just think you could say it, it's it, sweet, arguably, but also, yeah, it's very it's still fucking. fucking weird. It comes off, it, and the film tries to make it seem romantic, but it, it's odd. And you know, it, it's funny because the movie is this thing. Or the movie itself is supposed to be about the people, you know, the interaction with the people. But that's the worst part of the movie. And you're you're ripe in the sense that you're talking about uh, how we shouldn't have to be told about all the fucking ship stuff because it's pretty obvious. Like, visually, it's obvious. There's a lot of decent visual cues in this film that really uh, let us understand what, you know, the stakes are to a degree. Yeah. There's barely any, but sure. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that makes sense. No, it actually makes sense. So 
if like, they were really to take the time to make, if they really wanted to take the time to make these characters feel invested with the audience and actually have them grow together and make sense of, you know, their relationship and why she's so, why, why, like some more development on why she's so mad that she got woken up and some more development on why she fell back in love with him rather than it just being so coincidental and of, of right. the circumstance. But it's, I also feel so like lazy. in stories where two people are left alone together for the rest of their lives and in instances like that, there's got to be more of a give and take dynamic. Like they only have this one fight. They so easily fall in love the first time yeah, and they so easily fall in love the second time and they fight for a little bit and she just kind of, she sucks about it. She's like, get away Tuesdays are my day at the bar yeah, bye and, and it's not even it's like it's, she's like yelling you took my life yeah honestly Lawrence gave such a bad performance in this it really was shocking because <laughs> I, re I honestly thought like going into this movie again like we were saying kind of heard some bad things about it but I really thought that like just off the bat, I was like, oh, these two seem like a good fit, you know? Like, I could yeah. see these two working together. Why not, you know? They have both strong, dramatic, and comedic presences. That yeah. seems like a good fit for a film like this. Sure, why not? P Pratt's, Pratt's performance is passable, I guess, but fuck, Jennifer Lawrence is so bad in this movie. And it's true. It, it's, 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 it's kind of... It's a little unfortunate because I do think if she was just given some different direction the movie would have felt a little bit more complete instead it feels so uneven because a lot of the time it's really just dialogue between the two but it, it's not tasteful it, it's very uh you know it's at the it's at the viewer's expense in a way because it, it feels like we're being forced to really feel what they want to feel rather than just you know uh falling falling for what they're feeling as they're falling in love it just feels so forced it should be more natural yeah. It, exactly. The one scene that comes to mind when it, when it wasn't really natural is when Chris Pratt asks Jennifer Lawrence to go on a date, um, and at the end of the date, they go into space, right, for right. a second, and she is, like, holding him in space as they're, like, hanging by a tether out in the, the abyss of space for a second, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and she goes... Thank you. I like this. Oh, and they try to kiss in the suits? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fucking cringe. Yeah. That is so cringe. I mean, like, yeah, it's funny because you're right. Like, moments like that are kind of cute, I guess. Relatively you sweet. Could, you could have a good moment like that, yeah. but it's all dialogue and performance. It's, it's, Those are, like, the two dynamics that you need. Set up dialogue and performance. Well, she... It's, yeah, like, on, on, paper, that on paper, that's an okay, uh, like, scene. Why not? Sure. But like they just have the most fucking awkward chemistry afterwards. It feels yeah. it feels so weird. And like even when they're kind of like getting uh, hot and heavy, it's not even a very good transition to their bedroom. They're still like kind of like no, they're in the suit making out, and then really all of a sudden still. it's like them walking up the stairs to the bed. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you, we see Jennifer Lawrence a bunch of side boob. We don't side see boob. boob. We didn't. No boob, we, side we thought boob. we were gonna see boob. We didn't see boob. We saw side boob. It's all right. I mean, honestly, I she really fucking just like put me off in this movie i did i wasn't really feeling her at all and i think it's too bad because she is a she is a good actress i mean she won an academy award i sure as i'll fucking have won an academy award <laughs> so you know it has to come down to either she was just not really connecting with the material she was given then again this was a movie she was boasting about how much fucking money she made off it so you know you think you'd be a bit more uh aware of your performance and like like if I knew I did something not up to my normal standards, I wouldn't be bragging about it too much. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there was there was more to the script, or the script was se severely cut 
during that's what it feels like because i can yeah. see a director being flustered about it me like okay well let's just quickly grab this scene and this scene and we'll we'll piece it together to be fine let's do it let's go or even a lot of it could have maybe been um, really terrible editing choices in the editing room in terms of like cutting certain scenes together and the pacing that of the too. cuts yeah there's a lot there's a lot about that and you know the more i think about it it really it's just really the reason i think i'm so mad about this movie is because i think uh, it's saddening to see a movie that is an original IP, an original idea, um, given so much money and given such a big project budget, but it's lacking all the heart that, you know, even a lot of these big blockbuster adaptations have. Do right. you know what I mean? And, you know, we always complain about there's too many adaptations or there's not enough original ideas in film. And then when we do get one, it's half-assed. Yeah, that's so, exactly what it feels like. So it's totally half-assed. In all fairness, why would studios give money to original ideas if they're always going to be half-assed, whereas, you know, people are giving critical praise to Civil War and Deadpool and all this shit, right? Yeah. So, it makes fucking sense that they make more of that shit, and it's like, why can't we, even going back to Colossal a little bit, to a degree, it's like, we have these really great original ideas, let's just Let's try to make a really great original blockbuster. Yeah. Can can that not happen? I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm. I don't know. I feel like that's not a lot to ask. You know, in a sense, like I could be wrong, but well, it's well, it's frustrating because it's like it's like you're literally halfway, a little bit more than halfway. Well, you're well over halfway there. You get the funding, yeah, you yeah. get the idea, you get the everything's there. It's like how come it all fell through at the last second? Like what's going on? And it, it's what? I could totally just see it being such a promotional success because it's and it kind of was right it was like oh this cool space film with you know two actors everyone kind of likes fuck why not we're on board yeah well you could see the crowd you know getting hyped for it a little bit i remember around this time we were seeing some movies in the vip theater in our town yeah yeah and there was a lot of previews for this film. yeah there was a lot of previews for yeah, it and yeah. i remember the crowd kind of being stoked for that like oh well, i see that and i think we were relatively stoked as well we're like oh that looks pretty good yeah you i know? remember us doing a gag like, of course these two are in it but like makes yeah. sense and yeah let's see it also i feel like there's a, not a lot of like like sci-fi films lately besides arrival i, f I feel like just aren't really doing anything new you know it's 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 very similar things that we see and even we're talking about the project the, the production design like it, it's very nice it's very uh uh pleasing but it's really nothing different well you know? even the technology that okay so in futuristic sci-fi movies we see futuristic technology but right. all yeah, of yeah. the actual t futuristic technology that people design looks very similar it's always the same and i mean that is that's the same with a lot of aliens too. Whenever you see aliens, they're always really yeah. similar. Uh, I'll again give credit to Arrival for doing something a little different in that regard. Yeah. You're right. Tech though is is a big thing, and especially in a film like this, where tech's kind of the center of it in a sense. It's it's big, pretty much yeah. this big spaceship with all these fancy whistles, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you're right. It, it maybe would have made the ship feel a bit more alive and a little bit more, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I guess lively really is how I could put it. A yeah. bit more lively, a bit more character to it. If it had a kind of, some more interesting aspects to it, I mean, even when the anti gravity things are happening, it just it looks kind of shitty actually in terms of like special effects. And you can tell there's that one scene they just made just for the trailer where they're right. like falling through the air briefly as they're running. Yeah. And there's like sparks flying. It happens so awkwardly. And when they start running again, it's this really like disjointed run. You can tell they just wanted that like five seconds for the trailer just to right. keep that action going. And, I mean, even if there were a bit more scenes like that to at least 
have some interesting uh, events in the film. The film feels like such a long, drawn-out... It's very uh, flat through the middle. It feels very... Yeah, it, you know, to me, that would have been perfect uh, a perfect opportunity to really develop the characters' relationship together. And yeah. I, I guess I could see the filmmakers... Um, or longer think, scenes, like the scenes with them together are so fucking short. Well, I, I could see the filmmakers thinking that the scenes that are there in the middle are their chance to connect together, but it's just so poorly done that it feels yeah. like it, it's not even existent. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's weird that way, but yeah. yeah it's, it's just well, they, it, it feels like for whatever reason, they skip a lot of time in the middle. Like they go straight yeah, from like, hey, how are you? You just woke up to we're fucking to <laughs> I hate you for a long long time to oh Lawrence Fishbender's here and the plot kicks back in and, for a second and you're right the way they use time in this movie is a little weird the lack of time feels strange even the idea that he was alone for a year and a half did not visually feel like a year or and he, a half no me. he was there for a year yeah, and then by the time Lawrence Fishburne right? came it was two years yeah so it it I mean, I guess there's kind of that original or initial montage of him playing basketball and shit and doing whatever he wants. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I get that. That's well, like time. he goes time. through highs and lows and yeah, stuff like that. I understand yeah. that that's obviously time passing for sure, but I didn't get the sense of a year. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Like, it, no. it didn't feel like that long. And I it's hard for me, hard pressed for me to say right now how to visually do that, but that immediately made me feel a little less connected. And you're right, again, when she wakes up, they yeah. spend another year together. It, Is it, isn't it weird that, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence was there for an entire year? That it's was an hour so and a half strange. of the movie, and yet it feels like it was a shorter time than even the beginning when Chris Pratt was Which alone. Which was only roughly 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, no, you're totally right, man. Like so, that is that is a good point. That fucking that does feel really weird. Also, I I sincerely feel like there was no extended dialogue between Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Like they never really had a conversation. It was kind of like the longest conversation they ever had was when they're in the French restaurant and they're talking about her dad, and that's like four lines each. Yeah, it, it's actually you're right. Most of the exposition between them is him watching a fucking video of her. Beforehand, yeah. she's like talking about herself, and he's like, oh, "She's so funny." Yeah, they I, I never fucking talk to each other really throughout well, yeah, the whole right. movie. It's like, there is the one scene, and I guess that's all you needed apparently for them to fall in love. Yeah, and like, I mean, I could, I get the idea of like cabin fever, like you're alone together. You know, sure, okay, I can, I can buy that enough. Yeah, but there's not enough for me to buy that for the extent of their love for each other near the end of the film. Right, it's, it's especially considering that. And, okay, before we even jump into the ending too much, I want to jump into, like, still post, a little bit post-climax here, is... Good old post-climax. Basically, Jennifer Lawrence flies out into space to grab Chris Pratt because his tether broke after he tried to vent manually the 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 engine to save the engine from blowing up and not killing thousands of people. Right. She pulls him in. She manages to get him into this super futuristic um, health medic box, right? And it, like, scans you and tells you what's wrong with the body and you select what to do with it. And so she overrides it with the fucking Lawrence Fishburne's ID, remembers the number, selects... How convenient, right? Yeah, it's how convenient that Again, he showed up. Again, added to his MacGuffinness. <laughs> and, and she selects what needed to be done to save him. The, he gets saved. 
instantly after that, they're all cleaned up and they're back in the same room. And he goes, I need to tell you something. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like nothing's fucking happened. instantaneously. It's like they, they go from climax. They they kiss for a second. Like, oh, my God, we just saved the ship. I'm all sweaty. And you just got like a whole bunch of medical shit actually, done to you. Ah, oh, let's kiss. Then poof, ding. We're in the room. There is one more scene actually between that. He goes outside one more time. He gets in the suit again. He goes outside for some reason. I can't remember why. I noticed that this time. I was like, that's kind of weird. What? What the he, fuck does he go outside for? I don't know, but I remember, he, I remember he comes back in, and when he comes back in, that's when he says, there's something i got to show you. But even then, like he, that, that scene in between is so awkward. It's so out of place. The fact that he even just goes outside right away is like, yeah. okay, I thought you just died. Maybe it's them trying to say, like, oh, time has passed again, and then things are back to normal, <sighs> sure. and he's figured this out. I mean, honestly, probably. Like, it's probably, probably what they're trying to do, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I would never fucking read into that yeah. at all. It's not, it's not clear. And, um, but yeah, yeah and, and then so they're back in that room, and he goes, there's something I need to tell you. If you want to go back to sleep into hibernation, you can with this medical machine box thing. And then... She's like, oh, but I would never see you again. And he goes, oh, I'd, I'd come visit you, which is creepy because so he'd come, creepy. he'd come, he'd come her. look at her fucking sleeping body oh, and God. fucking read to her some shit. Like, I don't know, whatever. Then all of a sudden again, new fucking scene. He's at the bar ordering a drink and she walks up and goes, huh? My days are Tuesdays. <laughs> that's and, the worst fucking, and then that's next, the worst joke in this film. Next thing you know, a boom, time passes again. Jennifer Lawrence is narrating the book because she's a writer. Uh, Apparently, she started writing. The crew cabin has, uh, or the, the cabin crew terrible. has just fucking woken up, and they walk into like lush green forest inside their spaceship. And you could see that there was a house built. And she's talking about we loved each other and we lived together forever. And you've probably been waiting, blah blah blah, or some shit. And it's, it's like so boring. It's like what the fuck. It, it goes skip, 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 end. Well, in all fairness, that last scene, they do uh, look off into the distance and the film fades and then a title comes up and says, uh, Homestead 2, so you know that time's passed. Right. That, and I'll give That's that. That's the only break I'll, to the final. I'll give that last bit, like, fair enough, I guess. I mean, I, um, I guess I kind of appreciate the fact that they did show, uh, you know, the rest of the crew's reaction and they showed a little bit of the result of the film. I, I yeah. sure I, I can't, that was a little bit, uh, you know, satisfying it to a degree, but you're right. It, it feels so quick it, for such a fucking long, boring film. Everything happens so fast. Like I could see, uh, uh, I could see many different versions of this movie, all of which would be better than the version that this one is or how it came out. I could see, you know, if they did manage to build up the relationship and we can accept that whatever they fall, they fell in love and she decided not to go into hibernation and they lived together. I could see her in the future, like closing a book, maybe as an older lady or some shit going like, well, I finished my book. And then like them walking outside into their, I, like, I, I don't know. There could be some fucking corny, like scene like that. I just, I would, I would fucking pass out at that point if that happened. Cause you're right. It would be corny as fuck in this it would, movie. It would be corny as fuck in this movie, but I could see a version of this movie that could make that scene really rewarding. Well, I, I honestly think that the only version of this movie that kind of works near the end is if she went back to sleep and there was actual stakes what happened and he paid for what he did. Right. I think that's what should have honestly happened. Instead, it was just this weird convoluted love story that is hard for me to just buy at all. It's true. It's, it it's is strange. really, really tough to buy. And my, um, what if I was her, it'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going back to sleep. Thanks right. for telling me, And it doesn't necessarily have to be, He's... like, vengeful. It could just be, like, an, a mutual understanding. Like, okay, well, 
thank you for showing me this. Like, in all fairness, the movie felt like it was leading towards that. And I was like, okay, like, sure, at least they're both mature about this. But no, they're just fucking insane, both of them. It's stupid. Okay, but let's also talk about one other super stupid thing. There's 5,000 people on this ship. There's two or 300 crew members. And there's one mystical medical box. I don't think so, dude. I feel like there's got to be one in each wing. You know what I'm sure, saying? Yeah, more like one in each section. Boxes. Yeah, like what if some dude, like, I don't know, had a fucking heart attack over here. They wouldn't have enough time to drag his ass to the other end of the ship to get him to the no, f- that medical is, box. No, that is a very good point. That's a very That's good point. That's fucking horseshit. They do have a lot of robots, though. They'll be able to move fast in there. I don't know. They You're right, fuck. though. It is stupid. I mean, there's a lot of things like that in this movie that are just so... They're just, it's hard to, like, a lot of this film, like, a good portion of the film, like, there's so many things that cross my mind like that, that honestly, by the time that came, I was like, fuck, whatever, like, yeah. there's so many little, like, there's so many things that don't make sense, and there's so many plot holes, I guess you could call them, that are there in the movie, that, yeah. you're right, if those things were filled a little bit, then maybe the movie would feel a little bit more uh, connected, you know, we're talking about, uh the rooms in the film or even the water and these other little things if those in this mystical magic box if these things were a little wrapped up a bit then yeah okay maybe the movie would feel a little little tighter in a sense yes yeah but or if they talked about locations in the ship at all like yeah we need to go to the south bay and like check out like or we need to go di- like they never even mentioned direction. They it's it's like oh we need to go fix the thing. Next thing you know, voila, they're in the place where they need to get the thing. It feels like there's no like we need to go down the stairs and go through the boiler room to get to the thing to do the thing. It's kind of like when you watch a film based in a city and you're like someone asks you what was that city? You're like oh it could have been New York or maybe Chicago or maybe Seattle or you know, uh, you know, it, it could be anything. Yeah. This could be any fucking ship. I have no idea what this yeah. is. It's like everything, everything is so generic, and you're right. We get no explanation on where anything is or how anything interacts with the rest of the ship. If anything, the most they're most familiar with is the bar, I guess that they're uh, yeah. they go to all the time. And I give credit to that. If they did more of that in the film, then maybe we wouldn't we wouldn't have this issue. But fortunately, the film just fails at that, and um. It, yeah. it really, it really, really does. It's too bad because you know. I, I guess we'll end this a little bit, but if we didn't make it clear, they essentially decide to stay together on the ship. Lawrence Fishburne is dead. They kind of, you know, live their lives happily enough on the ship. Then everyone else wakes up, and they're fine. And they're left with everyth- a beautiful story that Jennifer a, Lawrence has a, written about their life. Together. It's a happily ever after, ever after in a, in a way, I guess. But. Yeah. I don't know, we've explained a lot, I guess, on how we think this film has failed and how we think it can succeed. But, uh, Daniel, the final question I'll ask you is, would you recommend this film to anyone and or did you enjoy it on a second viewing? Um, I would definitely wouldn't recommend watching it twice. Um, Just in general, though. Watch it uh, I would say, I would say depending on the person, I might recommend it. Uh, but for most people, I would not. Don't be passive like this movie. Give a definite answer. You know you want. Okay, I'd say generally saying no. I'm not going to recommend it. You've been watching too much Passengers, I think. What's that? You've been watching too much Passengers, I think. It's getting to you, man. That ship's getting to you. I'm just saying, like... this ship has sailed. Fuck, I wish. If it was on the water, it would have made more sense. There'd be more stakes. She says that, by the way. She Uh, says, so we're we're trapped on a sinking ship? That's gross. That's something she says, yeah. That's fucking... There's so many cringe moments like that. Um, yeah, I would not recommend this movie to anyone to watch because it, there's just better things to watch. That's what I'm going to go with it. Um, didn't enjoy it more on the second viewing, although it is an interesting film choice to do and talk about, and I think it's a good example of a film that 
had a chance but failed severely. And I think right. there's there's I think there's a lot of those in uh, modern cinema, but there's not a lot of them. Excuse me, in uh, films that are very original. Right. And I think I think it's too bad a lot of the time and express some feelings about that. But I, I still hope it's not a. Uh, you know, steering away any uh, investors or producers or studios to not make new uh, content or original ideas. Yeah. We need more of that just to keep things fresh so that in 30 years people can remake those ideas. And Yeah, that's exactly. The, that's the goal. Anyways, guys, that has been this episode of the Second Viewing Podcast. Um, as always, feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube. That's the Second Viewing on YouTube. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash secondviewing. Second viewing on all the social medias. Uh, we try to update that as often as possible. So stay tuned on there for some. Uh, I want to do a little bit more like fan interaction. Maybe ask some questions and stuff like that. Try, try to get that rolling a bit. Yeah. So uh, also check out uh, the Funny People uh, podcast put on by our boys at the Stockholm Cinema Podcast. Uh, their podcast called Enter Sandman. Uh, check that out. Um, you know we're on a lot more other a lot of other like random podcast apps. Check us out there. If you want to listen to the Second Viewing Podcast, damn sure there's a way. There's a way to find it. Uh, of course, we have our Patreon on the link if you're so inclined to support us that way. Uh, Daniel, am I missing anything? No, I think that's about it. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Well, I am Dan. And I'm Kyle. We'll see you next week.